Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome in, Loons fans, to another week of Loon Talk. Jonathan Harrison here, joined once again by Voice the Loons, Dan Terrar, and our trusty producer, AJ Fredrickson. Boys, how are we doing on this uh, beautiful Monday afternoon? It's great. Good to be here. Wish we had better results to talk about, but we'll deal with that. So, yeah, no, it's uh, it weekend the weekend for minnesota sports has been tough thus far you know minnesota united they they lose at home the timberwolves get embarrassed on the road in denver last night and um you know we only have the wild to look forward to tonight so if uh, <laughs> the hot streak is gonna stay alive maybe but uh but no i i'm, I'm excited to get it kind of dissect that loss um look ahead to the following week and uh you know we'll see we'll see how this team can maybe turn it back around all right so let's jump into it you guys have uh uh, teased it a little bit enough here already. Loons lose two to one to Orlando. Uh, second straight loss in a row. First loss at home. Still looking for that first win at Allianz Field, and uh, it's a it's one of the more tougher losses you can have because the Loons p- were the better team on the night. They played better throughout most of that match. I I would say you could probably give Orlando the credit for the last probably 15, 20 minutes. They played better. They were kind of slicing apart Minnesota. Minnesota didn't really have any answers for them uh, over the final 20 minutes and really struggled to keep up with Orlando. But for the most part, Minnesota played really well. They had a star performance from Bonghukle Klangwane, which we'll get to. Uh, looking at the stats, 2.4 expected goals for Minnesota to 1.3 for Orlando. So it shows you Minnesota created the better chances on the night. And uh, yeah, it's just a very tough loss, Dan, as we talked about on the broadcast. Talked about it with Sean McCauley in the post-match interview. Just a very tough way to lose when you feel like you probably should have all three points on the night. Yeah, when you uh, you play that well in the first uh, 35 minutes, you have to get something to show for it. You can't just say, well, we outplayed them. We're scoreless, but we outplayed them. They've done that too often. They don't get anything to show for it. And the other team finds a way to get back in it. They gain momentum. Um, the tough part about this one for me was um, the goals were not good goals that they gave up. Uh, beautiful goal that uh, that Longwane scored, but they gave up goals that this defense normally doesn't give up. I, I think I would write it off, at least the, the second one, to a team pushing and pressing hard to try and make sure they don't let the lead slip away. And, and then they get outnumbered defensively and, and they give up a, a, a soft goal. I think it was. So it, it, that's, what's frustrating about this is this is a team that we know this team has ever, this team other than one streak a few years ago, doesn't score many goals. So you can't, give up easy goals. You get a one nil lead. And, and we talked about it. We said, well, don't sit on this now. Don't sit on this lead and try and ride it out one nil. Um, unfortunately, I think that's what you have to do because this team still hasn't found the uh, chemistry, the players to score three goals a match on a regular basis. It just hasn't happened and it's not happening now. So uh, that, that was the frustrating part for me. It was the fact that those, they didn't give up good goals to uh to lose that match yeah it was just a frustrating 90 minutes because like like you even alluded to jonathan it was one of those where you both asked uh sean in the post-match uh interview like at one point you're probably thinking okay we're gonna get three let's just hope we don't draw another time here at home and then all of a sudden it flips on a dime to well 
God, I really hope we can draw it home here because that just to uh, save at least one point. Um, it, it, it's, it's frustrating. I feel like maybe it was they kind of let off the gas for just, you know, a, a couple minutes here and there. And that was enough for Orlando to take advantage because I I know they got the three points. I still don't think Orlando is a better team at the end of the day than Minnesota United. Um, and, you know, obviously that sounds like a terrible statement just because we saw what happened 48 72 hours ago but um i think if they played them five more times they're probably going to win all five uh it's it's just it was one of those maybe some lingering um a, a lingering mindset of that loss in chicago carries over or what the the deal was and they just you know they need to see one hit the back of the net and then really um you know then the floodgates opened or i i guess i'm not fully sure exactly just how they uh are going to have to maybe talk in the locker room and regroup before this next one on, on Saturday. But it's uh, frustrating overall because you don't want that kind of to seep in of, you know, we played well, we did it. We, we felt we did enough, but it ended up not being enough because that can be a very contaminating um, like mindset throughout a locker room. Uh, I do like bringing up Chicago because it felt like those two performances were very different performances that we saw from Minnesota United. And we talked about it with Adrian Heath in the pre-match show. And I asked him, First question is what went wrong last Saturday against Chicago? He goes, well, everything we, we didn't play like we had to. And if you, we play like that, we'll lose every single time. And you could tell he was still upset and you could tell that there was a message that got across to the team in the first, what, five, five, 10 minutes. I'd say right out the gates, Minnesota were firing on all cylinders, pressuring and piling wave after wave of attack on Orlando and just not letting Orlando breathe. And you could tell there was a message that got across. I don't want to say that they that they got worn out after those first 35 minutes, but the they did let up a little bit. They did end up scoring in the 58th minute on a beautiful goal, beautiful teamwork goal that happened essentially right in front of Dan and I on that side of the field. Uh, Robin Lud, a really nice pass that goes through two or three Orlando players into Hassani Dotson, who's running at the end line. And then Hassani puts in an inch-perfect cross that's just low and on the ground, just cutting up all the grass. And right on Bongi's feet. And uh, Pedro Galese, who's one of the best shot stoppers in the league, we saw that throughout the night. He had no chance to stop that goal by Bongi, who had one heck of a uh, celebration, as he always does. He changed it up a little bit. I like I like uh, Bongi's celebrations when he scores. They're always fun. Uh, but it was a great goal by Minnesota. Unfortunately, it didn't hold up. But uh, let's just talk about that goal and that teamwork, because that's something we started to see a little bit uh, with this attack. And they changed it up a little bit. They changed their attack. Uh, they brought in Mender Garcia in place of Luis Amaria, who in the, in the times that we've seen Mender start this season and play for long periods of time, it seems like he's much more confident in playing that number nine for this team. He doesn't have the goal output that you would want from that position, but it seems like this attack works better with Mender in, in, the, in that number nine role than it does with Luis. Yeah, I don't know that Mender is, is more... Um, talented than Luis Amaria, but he certainly has more speed and he seems to be playing with a lot more confidence too. He gets better every week. That's what's fun to watch yeah. when you have players. There was a time when uh, Emmanuel Reynoso was, was new to the club and we would see those kind of growth spurts where every week he'd do something. You'd go, we'd look at each other and go, wow, you know, and we're seeing that now with Mender Garcia. I think it's the yellow shoes. I hope he has yellow shoes uh, for this weekend's trip because uh, that that was great. But yeah, going back to that goal, yeah, that was the kind of passing that when you see it, you go, oh, 
yeah, that's what we're missing. And, and those goals take chemistry. They take smart players. And, uh, it was, it was, you know, it wasn't a highlight real goal, but it was one of those classic soccer goals that coaches go, see, that's what we need to do. That's yeah. how you do it. Um, and that was fun to watch. So yeah, it, it, you know, we called it, uh, you, you mentioned it as a coming out for, um, long and I, I hope, I don't know what his upside is, but I hope he keeps growing as he has, uh, the last month or so, uh, because what a, what a great addition to the team he's turned out to be yeah mender mender i i liked what i've seen um just whether he is on that kind of left wing or up in that central striker role because his speed and kind of the way that he's able to kind of lead the line i think is great for the team it's a nice change of uh maybe literally a change of pace uh from luisa maria at times just with that kind of dynamic speed he does bring so um that kind of rotation there um and maybe jonathan maybe i'm jumping the gun here on something that you have coming up here but i would love to hear both of your guys' thoughts on seeing songbin young at the kind of cam position and what your thoughts were there i i know he got pulled fairly early in the second half but i think that was only because he just doesn't have that full 90 minutes um like capability in his legs yet yeah. i was pleasantly surprised i i guess i i, I know he had been able to maybe fill into that uh, that position and kind of play that just distribution role rather than that speedy winger that's looking to cross one in or whatnot that we've seen the first few appearances from him but um it, i i thought he controlled himself pretty well i don't think there was in excess of maybe bad turnovers or um Maybe, like, there he wasn't trying to force too much i think is the, the 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 term i'm looking for here um i was pleasantly surprised i think he's gonna have to settle into that position if they want him to take that role a little bit more but it's nice to see that he does have the skill set and the mindset to be able to slot into that camera roll. yeah i think it's a good transition now uh, that song bin young had a great game uh yeah they pulled him early because uh the last time i checked or if i'm reading this correctly last time he played a full 90 minutes was back in october so it's been a very long time since he's had to do that and you're not just going to have just plop in a guy in the early parts of the season and ask him just, Hey, I know you haven't played in played a full 90 minutes here. Just go ahead off no training camp. So yeah, uh, pulling him early made sense because he probably was running on fumes at that point. Um, but from what we saw over the 57 minutes that he played, he was outstanding. I loved what I saw. Minnesota fans are going to love this kid because there was a play where Michael Boxel gets taken out right in front of the penalty box. Cause he had, he had brought the ball way upfield. He was in front of uh, Orlando's penalty box, got taken down, no call by the ref, and that's a whole other story from the night. Um, so they Minnesota were down a defender in Orlando or counterattacking, and who's the guy sprinting 80 yards downfield to cover that cover that defensive uh, uh, underman position? It's Sung Bin Young using his speed, getting back there, closing down defensively, and halting a counterattack by, by Orlando. The kid brings it offensively and defensively where – you can't really say that about Emmanuel Reynoso. Emmanuel Reynoso is going to provide you incredible creative chances, but he doesn't really track back all that much. And that's what Adrian Heath demands of all these guys is that they have to track back. Yes, you're going to get some defensive plays from Emmanuel Reynoso, but he's not going to sprint back like Song Bing Young did. And I don't expect that when Emmanuel Reynoso, if Emmanuel Reynoso ever does come back, that, that that's where Song Bing Young is going to stay. He's probably going to move out to the, one of those wings. But from what we saw on. Saturday night, if they're without Emmanuel Reynoso for a long period of time, they've got a good attack between Robin Lode on the right-hand side where he's much more comfortable, Bongi or Franco on the left, 
Sonya is the number 10, and then Mender up top is the number nine. I think that's a good attack going forward. It didn't produce goals, but it's the first time those four have played together. So it's going to take some time to build in there. And I think with what you saw on Saturday between those four, it's a very encouraging front four and very encouraging performance from a, from a group of guys who've never played together. They're, you're right. It is encouraging. They're young. And that's, what's really encouraging about it, except for Robin. Um, problem I have is we, we keep talking about, you know, we've got talent up front and even with yeah. Reynoso, this team still didn't score a lot of goals. They didn't. And, and so frustrating because and we've talked about this before is it's, it's comparable to the NFL. There's a handful of teams that have a quarterback that they love and they're happy with, and they don't care about anything else. They, they're good. It's the same in MLS. You've got a half a dozen teams, and you look at the leading scorers at the end of the year, those top five, six, seven teams that have that player, they're the only ones that aren't looking for a better striker. So is Mender Garcia that guy? I don't know. I hope he is. He's got the speed, and and it's more than just speed, though. You you got to be smart. You got to know where to be. Positioning is so huge for a striker, and when to make your runs, what kind of runs. We talked about Luis Samaria. He gets offside a lot. Um, that's not a good trait for a striker. Um, so, is this the right group? There is talent there, but I don't know if this is the right connection, the right group. Um, I hope it is, and and as far as uh, the the young the young kid. Uh, I hope that maybe he can slot in there and be the guy. We, it was hard to tell uh, on Saturday. He he he's played with a lot, lot of more confidence than I thought he would going into his his first start. Um, he played a little physical, and so uh, yeah, out in Seattle because we might as well find out. Being that Reynoso was a huge question mark, um, but maybe not as big as. Think I'll get to that and write that down. Um, um, we we want to see more of more of him and see what he can do uh, in more than just one start. So yeah, let's let's bring it on. Let's test him. Yeah, I, I I like what you're saying there about you don't know maybe if this is the group that can take that next step because I think that's the biggest thing is that you have all this talent and we can sit here and talk till the cows come home about like oh you know the prospects of this this front three and this this attacking group are just it's sky high it's it's rocket high all this stuff but they need to take that step together I'm not saying young needs to do that right away he he's been here for a cup of coffee but we've seen bongi i we saw that promise last year i would argue that he's started taking that step because it feels like every other match it's like is that the best one we've seen from him he yeah. just keeps growing and growing but we need that to, to happen for everybody every the, the flowers all need to blossom at the same time for this group to really show that change of turning from a team that's gonna have to sit back and grind out that gritty goal and maybe battle tough for a for a 2-1 uh, result whereas if they can get to a point where they're not consistently but it's not a it's not a a a call for fireworks and a celebration and a parade when they put up 3 that's going to be a game changer for this team and this club so um they, they need to start we need to start seeing some of that progression and development rather than just talking about the potential that's there you guys know how many times last year the loons in a single game had a, an expected goal total of higher than 2.4 what they had this last this last game expected goal total of 2.4 or higher last season how many times I'm going to say twice Dan 
All like three, four. <laughs> uh, it was three. It was three wow. exactly. And they were one, one, and one in all three of those wow. games. So, <laughs> and one of them they went scoreless. Wow. So somehow, yeah, it's it's never been consistent for this team, as you said. Uh, they have they've struggled to produce over the last year and a half and two years and pretty much every year that they've been in the league. They've struggled to produce goals. It would be nice, uh, as you guys said, this this is a young group, except for Robin, but he's not exactly the oldest either. This group can build together and play mm-hmm. together for a long time if you can keep them here. And I like that, and I like the what we saw in that first game. If you can continue to do that and continue to build off that, uh, that shows some promise, but we've been there before where we've been showing promise and it just hasn't come through. It'll be interesting to see uh, what, if any, lineup switches come next week against Seattle. That's going to be a very tough game because Seattle are going to be pissed off with how uh, their game went against Portland on Saturday night. We'll get to that coming up in uh, Look Across League. But before we get on uh, that point or that part of the show, we do have to talk about the two goals that were given up. They were two very similar goals if you want to look at them that way. Orlando charged down the left-hand side with their wing back and then crossed it across the field to a wide-open right wing back who puts in a shot on net because every Minnesota defender had tracked over to the left-hand side to close that down and just leaving the right side of the field wide open, clearly not marking your man, just watching the ball, and they get caught out by very talented attackers. The The second goal I think I'm more disappointed with because after the ball gets chipped in off the crossbar, it lands at the foot of the one Orlando player in the box, and there's five Minnesota jerseys surrounding him, and somehow the the guy who was drafted sixth overall in the draft this last year who put up a ton of goals in college, so he, he knows how to score goals, but it lands at the one Orlando player's foot in the box, and there's five Minnesota players around him. That's I think that's unacceptable. That second goal is more unacceptable than the other ones. Dane St. Clair did a good job of closing down the angle, making it hard for Angulo to score a second goal, but after that, the Minnesota defense just kind of got caught ball watching. And I think both of those goals are pretty unacceptable, but the second one more so. Yeah. The first one, I think rattled them. I really do. I I think they were, it, it just shook them. And, and then once they recovered from that, their focus was all so much moving forward, which I like to get that back. They wanted that win so bad. And then they end up badly uh, outnumbered and uh, didn't cover well in in the 18 and and give up that goal. So it it was, yeah, there are in a lot of ways you can lose at home more frustrating than that. Um, and and it, it this team hasn't won a match at home yet. That's the alarming part. They've played well so far, uh, except for Chicago. Uh, but they play. They just can't get a victory at home, and you got to get the three points at home against a team that you feel you are a better club than, which going into it, I think they everybody felt they were better, uh, better club than than Orlando. And now you look at them going, well, the records are kind of similar now, so maybe they're not. So it's out defensively, and they weren't in the second half of that match, and and that's home, you know, for the first time, but still winless at home. So yeah, if they haven't been the last couple of matches. It's it's getting frustrating that we have not been able to see them really take control of a match, I would say, at home yet so far. I'll I'll let the first one of the season slide with the orange ball, the high-vis ball, because that was 
frankly, just kind of a clown show altogether with, with the yeah. weather and a factor and everything. But, but since then, I mean, how, how do you not pick up one of these games at home? I, 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 I just don't understand it, especially like the Vancouver game. You can argue that the officiating late in the game, maybe caused that. But at the same time, that's just one instance. There's a million instances in a game that can, you know, swing the outcome or like branch off with a different, uh, different reality. So it's, it's, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily like worried or panicking or anything like that. It's just more frustrating about uh, how this team so far repetitively has, has gone into a home match against a team that I think most supporters would agree on paper, they should be able to get three points against, but yet, they come out with a, either a draw or now we see a loss. Um, how much longer do both of you maybe expect uh, that to go on before you, do, I mean, do you, do you continue? Uh, do you think it's going to continue here or do you think eventually they're going to be able to just kind of snap their fingers and all set? Because it looks like they're not at home again until the 30th of the month when they host, uh, they host FC Dallas. And then uh, they're on the road a couple more times before Houston Dynamo on the 17th of next month. So it's, it's not like they're going to have back-to-back home appearances anytime soon, but it it would be nice to see them just, you know, stand strong in Allianz field and just put up two, lock it down on the other side, get a clean sheet and just walk out of there with three points. It's um, like I said, I'm not like worried or anything yet because it's still in the very early portion of the season but it's better to get that corrected sooner than later. Yeah, I mean, looking at their schedule, their their home schedule is very much backloaded. They have a lot of home games later on in the season and a lot of road games mm-hmm. early on in the season. So eventually, you'll we'll start being at Allianz Field more and uh, they'll start getting into the feel of it. But I don't think it's going to be that much longer. I think that FC Dallas game might be their turnaround and finally get the three points. We saw how they played Dallas earlier in the season, and that was their first time playing without Emmanuel Reynoso and they still were able to eke out the win. I think they can do it again. If they continue to gain confidence in this lineup, that's going to be tough though, because the next opponent for Minnesota, as we progress on in the show is Seattle Sounders. They are second in the Western conference after losing this last week. Uh, but it is a team that Minnesota have struggled against mightily, uh, since Minnesota joined the league, uh, 10 wins for Seattle, one draw and one loss in the ten, or in the 12 games these two teams have played each other in league play and there's always the uh everybody remembers the western conference championship game that happened a couple of years ago where mm-hmm. minnesota were up 2-0 going into the final 12 minutes of that match and lost 3-2 uh and then seattle went on to lose to columbus in the finals but one of the more heartbreaking losses in this club's history aj this is not going to be easy because as i as i pointed out earlier Seattle are coming off a 4-1 loss to uh, their Portland or their Cascadia Cup rivals, Portland, last or on Saturday. And it was a very disappointing game for them because they'd had a good season up to that point. And it was just, it came crashing down to earth in a very disappointing performance where it looked like they had taken the lead and then Portland came charging back at home. And not a good sign for Loons fans uh, to having to be travel to Seattle where they've never even gotten a point. They've lost every single time they've gone out there. And now you're going to face off a really pissed off Seattle side. This is not going to be good. Uh, it makes it even more difficult for Minnesota going into that one. Yeah. I mean, it, this is just a tough team in all last year. I think 
you know, and Dan will probably agree with this is the portion of when are they going to flip the switch? When are they going to just turn it on for the playoffs? Because they were so preoccupied, it seemed like, with the CONCACAF Champions League stuff. Um, Now, I think they're they're back in a sense just because they're they're playing much more competitive soccer. They're going and uh, you know they're putting up competitive results. It's entertaining again. It's not this uh, you go in you 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 more expect them to play that higher level of soccer that we've seen from them over the past few years. And like you said that um, that semifinal game against Minnesota where it was just Minnesota looked to be able to close it out and all of a sudden boom 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 right at the death and uh, they they turn it around and. You know, they're they're a team that that has that experience. Um, you know, you Rui Diaz up front for them. His he's I'm not going to say he's like the Kai Kamara for them, but I think he's a, a better striker at the end of the day right now. But um, he he's a guy that's been around this league and he knows the pace and the tempo and the, the physicality and just kind of the 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 t- the tips and tricks or, or so to be that kind of crafty striker at times. He, he's got a, um, <clears throat> a a really good path to the net and this team they're putting out an average age for their starting 11 that's nearing 29 and that doesn't sound all that bad but that's one of the older ones in the league if if my research is correct so uh veteran experience and just overall uh seasoning this team has and so you have you know nick their captain nicholas libero in the midfield who is you know he's their field general they have jordan morris on the right and um even uh, uh, out of the back you know stefan fry he's been up, up and down with his performances so far but you know that when they need him to be a backstop for them, he's going to be able to arise to the challenge. So um, I think it's going to be a tough go this weekend for Minnesota because Seattle, like you mentioned, it's not a friendly place, but we have seen Minnesota (laughs) break some history already this year, Uh, going to Colorado, a a place that they have struggled historically to get, to get uh, a result. And they go ahead and get one there on the road, a win. Could this be the, the road warriors, season for Minnesota where they just keep going into these places that they have uh, struggles with and um, be able to pick up points. We'll see. Um, I uh, will, we'll talk about that maybe in the predictor a little bit, but um, it's going to be a very interesting Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Before hand it back off to you, Dan, for your thoughts on the Seattle match, uh, some quick stats, Jordan Morris, eight goals already in the, already this season, all eight of them coming within the penalty box. So all eight of them coming within 18 yards of the goal hasn't hit one from outside, but he knows how to get in there and get into dangerous areas and score. Uh, Stefan Fry, I believe, is tied for or at the top of the league with clean sheets on the season with four already this season. Yes, disappointing performance last week, but uh, still third place in the Western Conference uh, because LAFC won, and so did St. Louis, got back on the win column again. So those two teams are at the top of the Western Conference, Seattle after their loss, third in the Western Conference, Dan. Not a, not an easy affair coming up on Saturday. <clears throat> No, it looks on paper like the worst possible scenario for going to Seattle for this team. Um, so maybe what we have to think about is this team uh, expect the unexpected because this team is very unpredictable. Um, we thought Chicago was a breeze uh, and they played terrible there. We didn't think they'd be able to, you know, we, we weren't sure they could get a win in St. Louis, an undefeated team with an amazing uh atmosphere down there and they went and they then they gave them their first loss so um you know maybe we just have to expect the unexpected the coaching staff for minnesota has great material to get them ready all you got to do is talk about what happened in chicago what happened uh last saturday at home and it makes it pretty easy for uh you know 
talking to your team, trying to motivate the team because their last two outings have been disasters. So um, that being said, you know, tough situation, but you know, this team sometimes about the time you think that they've got nothing left, that's when they throw their best out there. So uh, I'm trying to be optimistic, but yeah, it could be, it could be a brutal uh, late Saturday night. I'm going to need probably two naps on Saturday. So <laughs> yeah. Kick off <clears throat> for that one, 9 30 PM central uh, pre-match show with Dantara and myself, 9 PM on uh, score North mobile app, 1500 ESPN AM 1500 ESPN and 1500ESPN.com. Join us for that one for some MLS after dark Minnesota down to sixth place in the Western conference after losing their second game in a row and plenty of interesting score lines. I'll point out three that interest me the most uh, Columbus get a rescue, a late draw against new England. Thanks to a 97th minute game tying goal that came two minutes after the minimum of stoppage time was given. So the referee at 90 minutes held up five minutes of stoppage two. time. Uh, and then two more minutes were added on in the midst of that stoppage time. And Bruce Arena was not the happiest camper after that. So Clearly the refs are on something this year with adding in extra, extra stoppage time. And uh, it came to bite New England as Columbus get a late draw there. Uh, as we already mentioned, Portland get a 4-1 win over Seattle. It's the first time either t- either team has won four games in a row in that competition or in that series. Uh, that is a result or that is a stat I didn't know going in before I made that predictor last week. And we'll get to that in a second. But Portland, not the start that they wanted to the season, but you cannot go wrong in getting a 4-1 win over your rival. And Dyron Espria, give it up to the man who, who got on his bike and <laughs> hit an incredible bicycle kick uh, to get the game time. I believe game time or go-ahead goal in that one, a hell of a goal. And there's a couple nice goals in that one. And then uh, St. Louis, man, two straight losses, two tough losses, and then they just bounce back. They have to go through a two-hour tornado delay or whatever the hell it was down in St. Louis and get kicked off against the, one of the other remaining undefeated teams in the league in Cincinnati. And they run rough shot all over them. The most hilarious on goal you'll see St. Louis hits it off the crossbar and it goes right off the goalkeeper, right off the back of the goalkeeper's dome into the back of the net uh, for, for St. Louis. And they run Cincinnati out of the building five to one in that game as St. Louis gets back in the win column, Dan. They beat the crap out of them. I mean, it was, it was just crazy. And, and, you know, this, this has been, this this has been a tough, I mean, it's always tough early on in the season to try and predict what's going to happen in the league. But this has been just brutal. I mean, it shows up when we do our predictor segment. Um, (laughs) <laughs> you try and find matches where it looks like a dominant team is playing, you know, a weaker team, a team that's at the bottom of the table doesn't help because nobody expected them to win five and go five without a loss. And then they lost two. And then it looked like, well, they're going to lose a third. I can't figure it out. It's been really tough here. Maybe that's a good thing. Parity is good, right? Um, so the unpredictability is probably something that the MLS l- as a league, but yeah, I, I, kind of watching the scores for that one, and I just kept thinking, hey, "You got to be kidding me!" So I don't know. It's I give up. I'm just going to start going with the print and, and see if that helps because I'm not getting anything right the other way. So I don't know if either of you guys caught some of the uh, some of El Trafico yesterday. It's a good match. What a match! How about Carlos Vela? 
just a man possessed two goals and an assist pretty much single-handedly putting LAFC on his back for that one. Um, I do want to give LA galaxy some props. I know they lost there. They lost and they still um, are stumbling out of the gate to start the season, but they showed some fight and they were hammering the net for the last like 15, 20 minutes. Like I was shocked that one ended uh three two because after they got that i want to say like 80 something 84th minute goal uh just that whole stretch of the final 15 plus stoppage time it was all la galaxy uh but lafc they're they're a wagon they continue to just kind of go through game by game and just take care of business each time Absolutely. Uh, other One other score from the weekend, San Jose 3-0 win over Sporting Kansas City, meaning Kansas City and LA Galaxy are still looking for their first wins of the season. Two teams I don't think many people predicted would be looking for their first, still looking for their first win, eight wins or eight games into the season. So uh, as we wind down the show here, we're kind of up against the clock here for me anyways with school pickup. Uh, let's get to the predictor quick. Dan, go ahead and explain away what the predictor is, and we'll get to the accountability session right after that. Yeah, we picked three MLS matches in the upcoming week, including the Minnesota contest. We predict the winner, the score. Uh, you get a point for getting the winner or a draw correct and an extra point for getting the score exactly right, which almost never happened so far. All right. So uh, quickly, accountability session here. Uh Two points for AJ this week. He he predicted 3-0 LAFC win. It was a 3-2 win, as we discussed. He gets points there. He predicted a 1-0 San Jose win over Sporting Kansas. It was 3-0. So uh, point there for you. Uh, we all predicted LAFC would win. I predicted 5-0. Uh, AJ <laughs> predicted 3-0. Dan predicted 4-0. So we all got a point there. Those were That was the only point Dan and I got was predicting LAFC would win. We all got Minnesota wrong because we all said uh, some variation of 2-1, 3-0, or 2-0. And it was 2-1 Orlando. So we all got that one wrong. And we all I got Portland Seattle wrong. And Dan got Chicago Philadelphia wrong. He said it'd be 4-1 Philadelphia. It was 2-2 uh, between those two teams. Philadelphia come back from 2-0 down in the second half to get a to rescue a point in Chicago. Uh, so now it is time to make our predictions for this week. We'll go quickly. Uh, I'll start with Seattle, Minnesota. I'm I want to say they'll win and turn it around, but two straight losses going in to a really angry. Uh, Seattle side. I'm going to go, I'm going to take the easier route. Two, two. AJ. Um, I will, uh, I'll, I'll go with that as well. I'm, I, unfortunately I'm going to be bearer bad news here. I think they lose. I'm going to say Seattle Ooh. three, Minnesota one. Ooh. Yeah. Dan. All right. You, you left me, you left me my score. Seattle two, Minnesota one. Okay. You guys are uh, Debbie Downers this week. All right. So <laughs> next game coming up for me, I'm going to go New England hosting Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City still looking for the first win of the season. They're not going to get it at New England, a team that also will have plenty of motivation after giving up a late equalizing goal. It'll be 2-0 New England. AJ? Uh, my next one, St. Louis. Big response after losing two straight. I think they keep that momentum going here this week. They're going to beat Colorado 2-0. All right, Dan? All right, I wanted to, I wanted to pick uh, St. Louis in Col- against Colorado, but I didn't dare. They scare me right now. So I'm going to go <laughs> Philadelphia two, Toronto nil. Ooh, I like that. That's a good, that's a good game to pick. Uh, I'm going to finish it out uh, with my final pick of the weekend. 
I'm going with the uh, the game on Sunday, the national television game, Atlanta United hosting Chicago. I still don't believe in Chicago. I don't care what their last two results have shown me and shown us. I don't believe in them. I never will believe in them as long as they continue to just put out whatever the heck they're putting out. Atlanta three, Chicago one. AJ? Uh, my last one is going to be a draw, a 1-1 draw between Austin FC and LA Galaxy. Ooh, nice pick. I like guys that uh, guys gutsy enough to pick draws. That's tough to do for me. Uh, I, I also picked the Atlanta Chicago match for my uh, third one. I have Atlanta two Chicago one. All righty. Uh, that is the predictor. Now we'll move on to write that down. Our other soccer related prediction segment, which make three soccer related predictions and don't necessarily have to be goal line predictions. Uh, but one of them does has to be Minnesota United related. Uh, and we'll keep track of the predictions throughout the year. We'll call the correct ones goals, and whoever win, whoever has the most goals at the end of the season wins a coveted golden boot. And we do keep track of the wrong predictions, and we'll start there. Uh, only two things coming off the board this week. Uh, because last week's go lots of week, we all kind of made predictions that play out throughout the rest of the season. None of them uh, happened this last week. So mm. nothing came off the board from last week, but we did have two things come off the board from earlier in the season. Dan, you said Dane St. Clair will get two clean sheets in his next three games. That was before the St. Louis match. He did start off right. He got you the clean sheet against St. Louis, but then did not against Chicago or Orlando. So you don't get a point there. AJ did say LAFC will be the last undefeated team in Major League Soccer. And thanks to Cincinnati destroying the hell out of, or St. Louis destroying the hell out of Cincinnati, <laughs> LAFC are the last remaining undefeated team in the league. So one point there for AJ. That means our goal, wow. total, goal totals for the season. AJ and Dan are tied on eight. I am on three, although AJ only has five predictions still left to come off the board. Uh, Dan, you have eight, and I have ten because I play the long game here. I'll start off slow and then come charging back with a bunch yeah, of All of a sudden, that three is going to turn into 13 in, in a matter of two weeks. <laughs> all right, yeah, so yeah. I started predictor. AJ, you were second you, in the predictor. You will start uh, right <clears throat> down this week, AJ. Yeah. All right, my first write that down. I've been liking what I've seen from Song Bin Young. I am uh, going to say write this down. He will score his first Minnesota United goal in uh, sometime in the next three league matches. All right. Uh, Dan. Okay. Uh, in the next two Minnesota United matches, a defender, a starting defender, will either score a goal or get a red card. Write that down. Oh, wow. <laughs> I like it. All right. Uh, write this down. I'm going to start with uh, kind of going against one that uh, Dan said last week. It is Golazzo pick. He said St. Louis City will not qualify for the playoffs. Seeing what they did last week or this last Saturday, destroying Cincinnati, I think they've they've already had a good start to the season. They can go through a rough patch and still survive because there's plenty of teams at the bottom of the Western Conference that just don't seem like they're going to get there. St. Louis City will make the playoffs in their debut season. Write that down, AJ. My next one is going to be pretty quick mm -hmm. off the board tomorrow. Champions League action between uh, Napoli and AC Milan. Right now, Milan has the 1-0 aggregate score, but I am going to say, write this down, Napoli will go through to the next round of the UCL and parlay it with tomorrow, Victor Osiman will, uh, will score a goal in that to help propel them through. I like it. Dan? Wow. Uh, so here you go. Emmanuel Reynoso, I, got, I just have a feeling uh, he will be back in the United States by Thursday, May 4th. That's a very Whoa. specific date there, Dan. What uh, What do you know? <laughs> are you keeping secret? It's a very specific well, like date from the color or from the play-by-play -play or play-by-play -play commentator from Minnesota United. I like it. Insider. <laughs> not saying, but we're not saying. 
I know nothing. <laughs> I know nothing. Not a thing. <laughs> uh, next couple of home games. Uh, they've got, what, three home games before mm -hmm. June, and that's it, uh, before June. They will win two of their next three home games. Write that down. Minnesota United will. AJ? My final one's also going to be Champions League related. Right now, Man City has a 3-0 lead aggregate over Bayern Munich, so I'm assuming that they will not blow that, but you never know. Uh, but I will say that Manchester City will not win the Champions League this year. Write that down. All right. To the Bundesliga we go. Uh, yes. F on Sunday, FC Kaiserslautern will get a clean sheet <laughs> against Jan Regensburg. Sure. I don't sure. I don't know who the hell that is. That's it. Put that down. Lock and spiels out. <laughs> the clock and spiels. <laughs> uh, okay, this is my final one. Sorry, I was doing math wrong. Uh, write this down. Mender Garcia and either Bongi or Sung Ming Young will factor into the scoring on Saturday against St. Louis. So it's for sure for Mender. Sorry. It's for sure Mender okay. and then either Bongi or Song Bin Young. Yes. Okay. So factor in scoring either goal or assist from either of those three. Okay. Fair enough. I like Write it. Write that down. All right. So that has been Loon Talk for this week as we're coming up on our hard stop here. Uh, Jonathan Harrison here with Voice of the Loons, Dan Terrar, and our trusted producer, AJ Fredrickson. You can hear us uh, every week here on Loon Talk. Wherever you find your podcast, do give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. It does help us get found. And you can hear Dan Terrar and myself every Minnesota United MLS regular season game on AM 1500, 1500ESPN.com, and the Score North mobile app. Uh, we will be broadcasting from the Score North studios this Saturday, 9 p.m., pre-match show, 9.30 p.m. kickoff against Seattle Sounders. Very tough match. Uh, should be an exciting one, though. Boys, we will talk to you then. And Loons fans, we'll talk to you Saturday. <laughs>